0: All right. As an heir to Anheuser-Busch and the company and its fortune, Billy Bush was raised on the real stories of how his family built one of America's oldest and most iconic brands. Since the company was formed almost 150 years ago, the Bush family, their beer, their famous Clydesdales and their advertising and even their style of business have become a symbol of the American dream. That not so outdated belief that hard work, grit and positive can do attitude can make anything possible. He grew up on the family's ancestral estate as a prince to the king of beers. He lived a life only kids could dream up, living in an amusement park, traveling by a rail car, yacht, playing with his pet elephant. It's a lot of cool stuff there. But as he grew up, he realized that the Bush family legacy was not just wealth and privilege. With no separation between family and business, Billy's father, more boss than dad, continued the tradition of preparing the next generation for corporate leadership with high and exacting standards for his kids. Billy's book, Family Reigns, tells the story of a legendary American family, their rise to power, and their fall from grace through poisonous infighting, success, struggles, and a seemingly endless string of tragedies, scandals, and loss. And to talk about it all is Billy Bush. Bill, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me on, Dave. Appreciate it. You know, working with any family member in any business is, uh, is quite a trip, no matter where it is, no matter how big it is. And you have had so much success in your life. What made you put pen to paper on your family legacy and talk about this iconic brand?
1: You know, there's never been a book written about the Bush family that's been published by a Bush family member. There's been a lot of things written about us. But I wanted to get uh, people and give them the up-close and personal look at what it was like growing up during a time when my father was running the company along with my mother. And the experiences that I lived through um, as a young man growing up, a young boy, and uh, really get people um, that that wonderful um, story, give them that story of what it was really like. And uh, you know, there's there's great wonderful experiences that I had, and there's also some really tr- real tragedies. So, but I wanted to tell the truth and talk about that. I'm also very proud of what my family has accomplished and how they accomplished it. And it was—it's just interesting uh, American history, you know. I didn't realize um, until I started really researching, and trying to understand more and more of where I came from and what started it all and how it all grew and continued on from generation to generation. And I was able to get a hold of some of my father's notes and letters that he had with his grandfather, wow. who started Anheuser Bush, wow. Adolphus, mm-hmm. and his grandfather and. Um, Learned about Dad in his younger years, because he was much older um, when I was born. He was um, with his third wife, my mother, who we had seven kids with. And so I really became interested in where it all came from, and I was just fascinated by it. And I just felt that, you know, putting it on paper was something I had to do.
0: You are so right that your family was truly a part of American history. Grassroots, boots on the ground, marketing their beer, determination, hard work, you know providing jobs to so many to build the Budweiser brand loved this country and for almost a century and a half has been the american beer brand
1: everything you just said is exactly right and how they did it you know um through blood sweat and tears and there was a lot of tears you know success doesn't come easy and you have to work for it you have to sacrifice a lot for instance my grandfather august senior Uh, took Anheuser-Busch through the toughest time, um, one of the toughest times in America, that was through Prohibition and then, of course, through uh, the Great Depression. And he was able to keep the company going when all these other beer companies were shutting down. He was able to keep all 2,000 employees that he had under him employed. He loved his employees. He loved this country. He knew that one day, he, he had to have believed that one day America was going to realize that not allowing alcohol to be sold in this country was not working. It wasn't good for the economy. It was going to cause corruption and um, and cause criminality, which of course it did. And um, that it would one day end. And thank goodness it one day did end. It finally did end, but it took a lot out of my grandfather. And I talk about that in the book and, you know, he ended up taking his life because he was in such pain physically from all the stress of those 13 years of prohibition.
0: I know it's, it's, it's amazing because he mean keeping all those people on not laying anybody off. I mean, you obviously, my, my guess is, and and by reading the book, you sold yeast. I mean, right. I mean, so you had to make, make ends meet somehow, but what else was, was the Budweiser brand selling during those prohibition years?
1: Well, they were selling near beer, which was non-alcoholic beer. Uh, They were selling syrup, soda, uh, several other things. But uh, their biggest moneymaker at that time was the yeast business. They were known for quality. That was something that my, my a principle that my family always leaned on, my ancestors. Everything had to be perfect. And uh, so the yeast company uh, that they had, they were able to sell to bread companies throughout America. And uh, they, it wasn't easy, it wasn't hard for them to do because the bread companies knew that they were going to get the finest yeast around from them.
0: Now, the business started nearly 150 years ago, and there's obviously some good history there about, you know, visiting a brewery and kind of understanding what it was all about and wanting to create a brand for himself. But, you know, there was a lot of really interesting inventions building ice houses along the railroad to keep the beer cool so you could expand uh, further than St. Louis and, and and getting it around the country and pasteurizing beer. I mean, this, there was a lot of inventions along the way here, too.
1: There were a lot of inventions and uh, that's that's a great point adolphus was uh, very innovative he he knew that in order to grow the business he had to come up with other ideas um which other beer companies weren't doing and at that point uh beer, brewing beer was mainly a local um business it, you would sell, sell it locally um to to the bars and restaurants around you and, and the grocery stores and and liquor stores of course and um, he realized that if he wanted to grow this business and he wanted to um, make the products the American iconic name that they became, he had, to, he had to transport the beer to further off places. And so you're exactly right. He developed the ice houses along the way where the railroad could stop, pick up ice, and keep the beer cold as they moved um, from one state to another. But what the biggest thing they did is he developed and invented the refrigerated railroad car, Mm -hmm. um, which then allowed him not to have to stop the railroads to stop and uh, pick up ice. But the other biggest thing he probably did was he learned from Louis Pasteur, um how to pasteurize beer, and he was the first to do that, and of course that created the uh, ability to the uh, shelf life last the beer lasted much much longer and they could transport it much further um so those those were things that were that were really innovative and uh, really helped grow the company.
0: You know, I find it fascinating how close you are to this history because it really does all depends how old our fathers were when they had us. And your dad was born in, in 1899, I believe, and he was 60 when you were born. And so that that's just such a, a much tighter connection to the founding of the company. And you mentioned earlier that you you read a lot of your father's notes in the, ex, in the exchange between your father and your grandfather and to really kind of understand where their heads were at at the time and how the business was being built that must have been ridiculously fascinating
1: it was incredibly fascinating and there were certain themes that ran through the book that i learned um as i researched and and wrote the book and one of them was how much they love this country each and every one of them my great-grandfather my grandfather my uncle adolphus who took over the brewery after my uh, grandfather died and then he died, and um, uh, my dad was left the brewery. So, you know, they just loved this country. They all believed in it. They believed in the American dream. And, of course, that's why I think they were able to live the American dream and build this beer empire. But, you know, my, dad, my great-grandfather was a corporal in the Civil War. Um, my dad was a colonel in World War II. And my uncle, for instance, he shut down the whole West Coast voluntarily um, and distributing beer to the West Coast so that uh, the railroad system could move military equipment and soldiers around the West Coast, wow. and it wouldn't um, it wouldn't hurt that movement um, by by having the beer being sold there. So he shut down sales on the West Coast voluntarily, um, and so they they did so many things. For instance, my also my great grandfather he brought over the diesel engine from. Europe, and he started uh, putting it in some of the uh, railroad cars and uh, trucks that they were using to transport beer, and then they he they had, he had the brewery start building the diesel engine in order to power the submarines during World War One for the U.S. Navy. So these are the types of things that they did. My 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 uncle Adolphus um, not only shut down the West Coast during World War Two, but he also He also, um, uh, what the heck did he do again? It's it's really interesting. By the way, I'll edit this. So that's no problem. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. He also devoted 90% of his advertising to support the, the U S war effort during world war II and only devoted about 10% to advertising Budweiser at the time. So, It was really, um, they were very patriotic and really cared about this country first because they knew if the country did well, their business could do well.
0: We're talking to Billy Bush about his book, Family Reigns, and there's more with Billy next on 720 WGN. We're talking to Billy Bush, a family legacy in the American beer business. His book is Family Reigns. Your father took Budweiser from, from, I think, 3 million to 40 million barrels of beer sold per year. And I, you know, I was a kid in the 70s, and I was always aware about how big this American brand was and remember seeing Ed McMahon, you know, shilling it on the tonight show or on his commercials and so forth. But like Budweiser was, you know, the, it was, it, it, it still is, but we'll talk about that later, but it was America's beer brand. It was Amer- it was an American brand.
1: It was American brand. You know, I think the advertising that my family uh, did and understood was all very Americana um, it was all about quality, it was all about strength, inclusiveness, bringing people together, having fun, enjoying a, a beer which was actually uh, thought of as a social drink you know um, it wouldn't get you completely cockeyed um, like like spirits can like hard right. hard uh, drinks can and you could drink that and have fun and still be able to function and my family understood that and um, and so, they, the advertising behind it was just incredible. You know, the Clydesdales were the, were the first things that really really separated them from other brands out there. Um, you know, those iconic Clydesdales with their strength and their quality and beauty became um, a, a symbol for America in a way. And, um, you know, it just they wrote on that. They wrote on so many other incredible advertising moments uh, that they had over the over the years. But they, it was really about bringing people together, staying out of politics, don't alienate anybody, knowing your audience, and, um, and you know, building a, a, a great American brand. For instance, when my, my uncle Adolphus, I don't think, realized that um, advertising America during World War II was going to help the brand so much. But that was another thing that helped it really become America's beer was the fact that... Um, their advertising was supporting America during World War II.
0: Which is a great uh, segue to, okay, now here we are today, and we know what happened. We we know that there's, uh, you know, from a marketing perspective, and call it what you want, but all of a sudden there 's this this woke advertising campaign you You talked about in the past you know your brand united people together. you never alienated any group from anything, and you kept it very in the middle of the conversation, which by the way, any brand really should be doing because you can you can alienate somebody in a heartbeat and here we are with what happened with Bud Light and the fallout i mean you 're going from number one I think to number fourteen. And you sold the business back and raised this brand back to its glory?
1: Well, absolutely, Dave. I think um, I think of course, InBev made a huge mistake. Um, they alienated a lot of people. Let's face it, uh, it's become incredibly political and everybody knows that. And um, for them to then come out with uh, uh, you know that kind of message to beer drinkers, Completely flopped. They understand that. I'm sure they understand that now. And um, you know, would they make that mistake again? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I, I see some of these big companies continuing to make those 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 types of mistakes and in getting into politics. But uh, yeah, it's really kind of sad to see this this incredible brand, this iconic America brand, um, going downhill the way it's going down. And the basically, InBev is a foreign company, mainly consisting of Brazilians and Belgian people who probably don't really understand America and the American beer drinker that well. They really are bankers. They understand numbers very, very well. They understand how to cut costs, uh, uh, reduce expenses, those kinds of things. So I don't think it's too far-fetched to think. I mean, they just sold off eight brands two weeks
0: ago. I I heard that.
1: I don't think it's too far-fetched to think. That if they keep losing money and losing sales on the Budweiser family brand, that they would probably look to sell it off at one point or another. Maybe not internationally, but definitely in America. So I think about it. I think, okay, if they were willing to sell it off, it would be a dream come true for me to bring that back to the Bush family. And let us grow that brand again, and make it America's beer again. Because I know I could do that. I know you. I've can. been in the beer business all my life. I've um, I understand the beer business. I understand the the American beer drinker much better than uh, most people do out there because it's in my blood. But um, I really could see them at one at some point when if things get bad enough. Them saying, you know what, we're going to cut expenses. I mean, just think of of the expenses they could cut. They could shut down a few breweries. Probably they could, um, you know, they wouldn't need as many employees. They they would be doing uh, the goodwill that it would bring to InBev would be amazing because I've heard from so many Americans and so many people that they would love nothing better than to see it go back to the Bush family. And uh, we could get it back. And then they could have an opportunity to grow it internationally. I think if America's behind it internationally, it would grow and and do better. So I just think that, um, you know, talking about this now is not that far-fetched because that's something they could end up doing
0: someday. Billy Bush, his book is Family Reigns. Uh, What a pleasure talking to you, and I'm happy to see you carrying on that family legacy. I know you've got your own brewery and distillery because you've got that in your blood, but love to see um, it come back into the family hands and love to see that your family legacy gets passed on to future generations uh, of the Bush family
1: well it would be it would it'd be a dream come true Dave it really would and um, if we can make it happen uh, I want N-Dub to know and I have reached out to them that I would be first I'd be the first one in line um, and I have the backing to be able to purchase the brands so if they were uh, ever you know, considered selling it, I'd be right there, ready to buy it back. And again, I think it would be a win-win situation for both of us.
0: I think so too. Thank you, Billy. Appreciate your time today.
1: Thank you, Dave.